The draft picks are here, so who else will be coming to Atlanta? Past few days, you know, part of our job is taking a bunch of calls and making a bunch of calls. Welcome to the Hawks Report, the new podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Jay Black, keeping the seat warm while we let our new beat reporter, Lauren Williams, settle in. And she's been on the job, uh, I don't know, what, 10 days now, Lauren? The draft's yeah. over, so <laughs> guess what? Free agency's here. I know. <laughs> what a way to start this job, right? You know, I think this Hawks team, they've already said on paper that they're ready to take the next step forward and get better. So there, there are a lot of decisions that they're going to need to make about a lot of people. So we're definitely looking forward to see what roster moves they make and uh, who they decide to pick up when free agency starts tomorrow. All right, coming up, AJC columnist Mark Bradley will join us, and we will dig into all the rumors flying around, what's likely, what's not, what happens with John Collins, and we'll have some of Lauren's one-on-one interviews with the newest Hawks players and some of their family. The Hawks Report is brought to you by Emory Healthcare, the official healthcare provider of the Atlanta Hawks. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. All right, we welcome in Mark Bradley. And first of all, uh, Mark, meet Lauren. Lauren, meet Hello. Mark. Hello. Nice to meet you. This, this has happened a couple of times here that I've met new co-workers via the via the podcast so before we <laughs> dig into uh, what could happen as free agency opens up on thursday mark the hawks have made it clear that uh, they are not going to run it back and we'll be making some changes to this roster how drastic should that look I, i'm i'm a little maybe more than a little surprised that they have been so adamant at the need for mass change or or at least significant change they weren't very good this past year. Let's agree on that. But they had some injuries. Of course, everybody has injuries. And I'm not sure that they need to react as strongly to one tepid season um, after after the rather inspiring run almost to the NBA Finals the, the year before because the team that went to almost went to the NBA Finals was pretty good. Again, that's a much smaller sample than than a 82 game season from last year. But I, again, I, I don't see what's so wrong with the Hawks as is that that they need to to make major changes. And and I'm and I'm not sure they will. You know, I don't, I don't think they're going to go out and change three out of their five starters. But there's a part of me that that would like to see this team get a little get like one more chance to see what it can do but uh, apparently the hawks have decided they they know what it can do and it's not good enough i mean i think if we're going off of last season especially the fact that the rest of the nba got better i can understand why they want to start 
taking a little bit of a drastic turn if they didn't make the changes need to needed to be made in order to to make a longer run in the postseason. So I think that's why they might be ready to kind of not necessarily tear everything down, but take a couple of chess pieces out and add a couple more versatile players in that can help them, you know, be more sustainable or have a longer run in the postseason. Well, I, I can see that. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I understand that. It, it's just that it looked like for at least one bright shining moment there that they had hit upon a, on a mix that could do something playoff wise. Now, I don't know. I, I, th- I thought the Hawks looked at that, at that point, like a really nice functioning team. Mm-hmm. Now I, I would also admit that at almost no time last year did they look like that same team. So basically, I guess what I'm saying is, I don't know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> I, uh, I do think, given how long it took to put this team together, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm just not sure that I would be quite yet ready to give up on, on the whole concept. Um, and, 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 and I've never quite understood, I have to say, what is what is wrong with John Collins that that they they seem like bound and determined to to rid themselves of, of the guy who was really the first building block under under Travis Slink? I, I guess one of the reasons he would be the he would be the guy to move is because obviously you're not going to trade Trey Young, mm-hmm. and um, um, I think that they're you know they I don't I think the market for for Collins would be greater than mm-hmm. the market for Clint Capella, say, mm-hmm. uh, or or Kevin Herter. Mm-hmm. So he he's probably the guy that you're going to be able to get the best return for. But I I I don't know. I mean, his numbers have been pretty consistent, and uh, you know they they weren't quite as good last year. But again, he was hurt for part of the year. Uh, I I I don't know. I uh, th- there's something about the the Collins. Uh, variable that I that I just haven't gotten yet, and again that that just could be me not being not being very bright. I, I still don't understand why they traded Cam Reddish. He went from being maybe the second most talented player on their team to being the guy that they just essentially dumped in the middle of the year for not very much. I'm sure that had to do with him perhaps not wanting to be here and be playing uh, in a. Mm-hmm in a reduced role. And, and I also note that once he got to the Knicks, he didn't do anything there either. So maybe it's, maybe it's him, but still, I, you know, this, this was a guy that they were elated at getting, uh, in the draft, even, even though he was technically the second guy they got in that draft after DeAndre Hunter. But I, uh, you know, he, a lot of people for a long time, even going back to high school, were looking at Cam, Reddish as a as a big time player, and the Hawks had him for two and a half years and and traded him. Lauren, do you have an update on uh, kind of where the John Collins will he or won't he go situation stands? Yeah, from the conversation that I had a couple of days ago, it seems like they really really like 
what he brings to the table. I think there are a couple people in the front office that are committed to him staying. Um, but obviously, if they have to, you know, free up some cap room to bring in a couple more people that maybe they feel fit the vision of what this team needs to be in order to make a championship run, then, you know, that might be the tipping point of that decision. But from all accounts, it seems like they want him on this roster. Here's what, uh, for whatever it's worth, what Landry Fields had to say last week. We have under contract for a long time. He's been a great player for us. He's done great things for us. So, you know, we're, we're excited about John Collins. You know, like right now, I'm sure as everyone has alluded to, you know, you take phone calls, you make phone calls. It's just part of our job. We've been mandated to get better and we want to get better. So. It's kind of what I mentioned before, for sure. What's kind of the the rest of the the league and the industry feel about John Collins? I would imagine if the Hawks are banding him up there, there will be a line to talk. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, the fact that he has such a monster contract is going to be the deterrent. I think I said this last week, you know, he's under contract for another four years. Um, So that's a really big commitment for a team to make to a guy who is injured for a very big portion of the season and the fact that he's 24 years old, which is weird to say um, that that's old, but it is a knock against him. Mark, the hottest rumor out there right now uh, appears to be the DeJounte Murray thing in San Antonio. Michael Cunningham wrote about that yesterday. He says he's a fan at the right price. How do you feel about where that is circling around? Um, I, I think that one will probably happen. That one, been, that one has been rumored for a while. Um, I, th- I think that's probably a way for them to dump Gallinari's salary because uh, because the Spurs are in are in rebuild mode. Um, I, I, I guess my reservation there would be the Spurs haven't been very good for a while, and and I'm I'm always a little bit leery of of guys who put up good numbers on bad teams. Because you know this is the NBA. Somebody's <laughs> going to score some yeah. points. Everybody has a leading scorer. Um, but I, uh, again, he plays a position that um, that has not been easy to fill, which is the he's he's the guard that isn't Trey Young, and uh, he he's not a shooter quite on the on the level of uh, of Bogdanovich or um, or uh, Herder. But I, you know, I he he's a better all-round pro- player and mm-hmm. he's a better defender. Mm-hmm. So um, and certainly anybody could, who can guard anybody is cert- would be welcome here. I think there's also something to be said about the fact that he could be the guy that takes that pressure off of Trey Young, especially as though as teams try to double team Trey and and cut off his options. So if he's the guy that they need to go out and get 20 points because Trey's been shut down, then you need to have that guy, especially because we saw in the Miami series that with Bogey and Kevin, they had a little bit of a harder time getting going um, consistently. So the fact that he's shown that even on a bad team, he can be the guy that gets them, um, you know, those points that they need, then, you know, I think, I think, as you said, that's something that they should consider and, you know, go after. What is the price, Lauren, that you'd be hearing? I think it's a, a salary match uh, situation. I mean, you know, DeJounte is under contract for about $17 million next season or $18 million next season, whereas uh, Gallo is under contract for, I believe, $21 million. So I think the Hawks would have to guarantee about $11 million for, for that uh, trade to go through to kind of match everything up. 
but I haven't heard a specific number of what they're looking for in order to make the deal happen. As far as I've heard, nothing is imminent, but that doesn't necessarily mean conversations aren't happening. I would imagine that um, Gallinari notwithstanding, I, I, I would imagine that the Spurs are only interested in, in draft choices. I, I would think it's going to take a couple around one picks uh, at least for them to be moving an all-star guy like Murray. And, and I think that at this point, the Hawks just picked what? Would they pick 16th in the draft? 16 and, and um, So, I mean, they're out of the lottery now. So, um, and if, if they're, you know, they've got enough players that they're in, in talent that they, they shouldn't be in the lottery again anytime soon. So that, that's a decision that a team has to make. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that a growing team and, and an improving team has to make going forward is, mm-hmm. you know, these are the draft picks that we were desperate to get uh, a few years ago. Now are we going to be on the other side of these trades and, and give up two or three uh, mm-hmm. number one picks over uh, over the next few years? But, you know, like uh, there are some teams, uh, there was a fascinating story on ESPN by Kevin Aronowitz last week that, about uh, – about how the Phoenix Suns basically have given up scouting, mm-hmm. that they they are they they their draft board consists of like seven players. They're oh, they're all wow. now like look, they feel like it, the way of the, their way of the future is to look for somebody who can come in and play right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they're not in developmental mode anymore. Anything else you're hearing at this point? If this does not uh, fall through, what what free agents might the Hawks be targeting if they if they shop in this bin tomorrow? You know, it's it's really hard to tell. So I'm going to I'm going to just, I guess, use my opinions on what I think they should do. I think that, you know, if the Hawks can't make this DeJounte Murray deal go through, then they should consider bringing in possibly somebody that they can sign for a really good price. I mean, there are a couple of shooting guards who are set to. Uh, become free agents, you know, on Thursday, and the Hawks could potentially use them. I mean, Tyus Jones, who we saw, you know, was a very, big, very big piece of that Memphis Grizzlies run to the playoffs. I mean, he could be a pretty good guy that they can uh, target. I mean, he made about eight million last year, so potentially they could negotiate something using the mid-level exception um, if if they if they haven't been able to unload anything else. Mark, what do you think of the Hawks' picks? I thought they were really good. There were only two of them, but I, the yes. Griffin I thought was a real good pick. I, I thought that was a guy that that should, he should have been in the lottery, and and that that, that they got him at sixteen. And uh, you know you you can it's like you know in baseball you can never have enough pitching, and in basketball now you can never have enough shooting. And uh, and I think he's a good shooter. All right, so we will let you meet A.J. Griffin and Tyrese Martin and some of their family members next on the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs. And I'm Ned Ravone. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash 
unapologetically ATL. Subscribers to the AJC is what really powers our journalism. And if you have not jumped on board yet, we have our biggest sale of the year going on right now. In fact, for a limited time, you can get unlimited digital access to the AJC for the next six months for just 99 cents. So you will get all of our Hawks coverage, all our sports coverage, plus breaking news, politics, investigations, food and dining, everything on AJC.com, including our e-paper and our newsletters, which includes the brand new Bradley's Buzz. From our own Mark Bradley, what is uh, what can we expect in the Bradley's buzz when it pops in our inbox every day? Or every uh, day? Well, it's not every day. Uh, it's uh, strategically targeted for uh, Mondays <laughs> and Fridays. But uh, <laughs> but we uh, no, it, it's it's kind of like you know back in the I'm old enough to remember when when some columns were like notes columns. This is kind of like a notes column, but it's also kind of like some mini columns smushed together and uh, it's like okay here's what i think about the hawks here's what i think about falcons here's what i think about kevin durant uh, you know it, it, it there, there are different topics and it's it's basically me just mouthing off a lot which i'm, I'm sure is quite a delight for readers so uh, so uh but yeah that is a that is a new thing that we have started and it it, it does it does run, uh, and it's it, it shows up via email by um, in a newsletter on Mondays and Fridays. So you can only get Mark mouthing off in your inbox every Mondays and Fridays <laughs> if you subscribe to the AJC. So to get the best journalism in Georgia, go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. That is subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. All right, thank you, Mark, for stopping by. And now earlier this week, the Hawks – introduced their two new draft picks to the media, A.J. Griffin, Tyrese Martin. Lauren, you were there. Had a chance to get out, not only some one-on-one time with the picks, but some of their family as well. You know, they both come from really, really great families. I can understand a little bit more about why the Hawks really wanted these two guys in the organization. I think they fit culturally with what the Hawks are trying to build, especially that hard-nosed, hard-hat type team. Um, Obviously, with A.J. Griffin, there's going to be some room for him to grow defensively. But as far as Tyrese, uh, he's already kind of embodying what they're looking for in a guy who can be a two-way player. So um, I'm not saying that Tyrese will be you know, in the rotation day one, but I can understand, you know, where the Hawks see him fitting and the potential he has. All right, first, let's meet AJ. Landry mentioned to us that, you know, you guys had an initial conversation at the draft combine. So what was that conversation like? Just to be able to, uh, you really just talked about, you know, just my character and like all the little stuff that he sees and uh, he loves my game and just be able to, you know, be selected by them. You know, it was, you know, it was amazing because, you know, it just it feels like the right fit, you know. It just it's ever since I got here, you know, I couldn't you know, stop thinking about it, just, you know, working out and getting to know everyone and yeah. it's just definitely been a fun process so far. And how do you I guess see I mean a lot of people have been asking about it, but how do you see your game translating alongside Trey and John and Kevin and yeah. Bogey and all of those guys? Uh yeah, I definitely, you know, see my game, you know, it's just be able to, you know, really just do whatever, you know, coach wants me to do, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, get, get uh, spot shots or, you know, get to the rim or just to really just defend and mm-hmm. be able to, you know, be whatever, you know, the team needs me to be, you know, 
I just, you know, want, want to do whatever it takes to win. So. For sure. And as far as, like, doing whatever it takes, you've obviously dealt with injuries and yeah. worked really hard to come back mm-hmm. from that. I guess where does that strength come from to go through that sense of adversity, mm-hmm. something almost being taken away from yeah. you and then coming back and, and really putting in the work? Uh, yeah, that's definitely, you know, my faith in God, you know, just be able to, you know, rely on him in those mm-hmm. moments. You know, I wouldn't be here today without him. And so, like, you know, through those moments, it wasn't like, you know, a fearful thing. It was more of just, you know, it was a chance to grow my faith in God, you know. And so just be able to, you know, come out of that. And, you know, I feel like, you know, God sees that, you know, to, you know, set me up for a better future, you know. And I feel like, you know, now I just have a chip on my shoulder and it just feels like, you know, I want to work out even more, you know, to, you know, prove like the, that, you know, I can still, you know, belong. And where does that sense of faith come from? Uh, yeah, uh, I got saved October 14, 2020. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was a you know, tough part of my life. And, you know, as soon as I gave my life to Jesus Christ, that was, like, you know, the best decision of my life. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was able to, you know, see, you know, and learn about, you know, who Jesus was. And, you know, the more I learned, it's, the more I, you know, just felt the peace of God, you know. He's guided me, led me, you know, to this point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that as long as I have him, you know, everything else, you know, all good. Yeah. Yeah. Do you mind going into detail about yeah. what some of those tough things other than the injuries were? Uh, yeah, just, you know, uh, I think, you know, it's, you know, parents divorce, you know, just be able to, you know, at a young age, you know, just, you know, stuff like that. Just part of my testimony, just be able to, you know, give it all to God. Yeah. And I think, you know. You just saw, like, you know, when you have a broken uh, place in your life, it's just God puts all the pieces back yeah. together, and it's just amazing, you know. You know it's not by your, your power and my oil. It's yeah. by his grace. And so, you know, it's just, I think, you know, it's just, it's just amazing, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'll never, you know, forget what God did for me. And so I just, you know, live my life for him. Have you had, con- now kind of moving back to basketball yeah. a little bit more, but have you had conversations with Coach McMillan about kind of how he envisions you in the system, what his plan is for you, whether that's, you know, spending time with the College Park Skyhawks or you'll spend more time here? Um, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, he just, you know, so far I just be able to, you know, work, mm-hmm. uh, you know, seeing to get my, you know, feet, feet wet on the, on the court, just be able to, you know, really just work, you know. Mm-hmm. Just, we didn't talk too much about that yet. So, yeah. yeah. And as far as like the non-basketball conversations, mm-hmm. what have you guys been able to kind of get into, and how have you bonded with him and, and the rest of the coaching staff? Um, yeah, it's been it's been great. You know, so far we had dinner last night, mm-hmm. and I think that was you know a nice you know welcoming to the team and mm-hmm. just be able to just work and you know get to know each other on a personal level. It mm-hmm. was. It was, it was, you know, a great, you know, start to our relationship. For sure. And yeah. as far as talking to even the owner, Tony Ressler, and, you know, his family, have you had interactions with them? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, we texted, we texted too, um, you know, just giving me a warm welcome, me, you know, just, yeah. uh, everyone just feels like a huge family, you just, you know, you want that, and, you know, it's been great, so. Yeah, and obviously Duke is right up the road yeah. from here, yeah. so does it feel like an adjustment to, like, coming down here from North Carolina? Um, you know, not a huge adjustment, but, you know, be able to, you know, have the same kind of food and, yeah. you know, same weather. It's, it's you know, it's, it's similar in some ways. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, now a stepmom, Kathy Griffin.
So he's talked a lot about how his faith has kind of been a huge part of this journey to the NBA. So what was it like watching him kind of get there on his own? Oh my goodness, I cannot even tell you, like without crying actually, <laughs> tell you how proud we are of him. And it's like his dad always says this, it's more about his off-the-court stuff than mm -hmm. even his basketball. Because when you have the off-the-court stuff in alignment, mm -hmm. your on-the-court stuff is going to come. Yeah. God's going to bless you, right? Yeah. But he has super strong faith. Like, he's he's really a good kid. Just a super, super good kid. Really, his faith in God has really been a strong part of his journey the last yeah. couple of years. And his dad and I could not be more proud of him. Yeah. Yeah, he's not your typical 18-year-old no. by any means. And how is it seeing him kind of be so wise or so mature beyond his years? Oh, I tell him that all the time. I'm like, you know, honey, I'm in my 40s, <laughs> and I feel like you are more mature than I am at times. <laughs> he is extremely wise beyond, mm -hmm. beyond his years, for sure. And as far as the advice that his dad has been able to give him and just kind of like the guidance on the court, just what have you observed and seen as far as like how involved he is with kind of helping AJ get here? Well, he's extremely involved. Yeah. I mean, being an NBA yep. coach, how could he not be ready? Not be, exactly. <laughs> so he tells him the hard stuff. Mm -hmm. He definitely praises him, mm -hmm. but he also tells him the hard stuff yeah. because he wants to see him succeed and be successful, right? For sure. So it's his obligation as a father yeah. to tell him not just the off-the-court stuff, but, mm -hmm. like, I, you know, he's been doing this for 20-some years in for the sure. league, so he has a responsibility to share that stuff with his kids. And AJ, he soaks it in. Yeah. My husband can say, you know, son, you need to do this, you need to work on this. Mm -hmm. The next day, AJ's in the gym working on that very thing. Sure. And the fact that AJ was already in the gym this morning before this, just uh, what does yeah. that say about his work ethic? Well, we got in on Friday, I mm -hmm. believe it was. Yeah, I believe we got in on Friday. And mm -hmm. the first thing AJ said was, okay, when can I go work out? Mm -hmm. You know, so they let him come in and work out Saturday morning. Like yeah. he was ready to go. He wants to get to work. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good fit for him here. I think he and Trey and yeah. the rest of the team will really bond and mm -hmm. benefit and complement each other. Mm -hmm. So I think it'll be good. Awesome. And he's he's literally a gym rat, so they're going to probably have to kick him out of the <laughs> But no, he will he will always be in here mm -hmm. doing putting shots up, mm -hmm. coming back like just now even yeah. he already worked out. Yeah. And he said he's ready to go back again. Yes, he said, "Hey, I want to go put some shots up." Oh so, goodness. yeah, he's he's dedicated. He yeah. knows for an 18-year-old he really knows what it takes, and that's where his dad has mm -hmm. come into the picture of, okay, son, this is what it is to be a pro. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're only 18, mm -hmm. but this is what it takes to be a pro. Yeah. And so he gives him that advice, and AJ listens. So I, I, I got a chance to, you know, chat with a couple of people around the organization and, you know, they they're already so impressed with Griffin's work ethic and they're already kind of starting to see a few improvements. There's something to be said about taking them out of or when I say them, I mean, draft prospects out of the structure of being in a, a college basketball program and 
And now he's getting to be free, getting to be himself, getting the feedback from, you know, professional coaches who've been doing this for a couple of years now or who have experience being in the NBA. So there's something to be said. They're already seeing some progress with the feedback they're giving him. And you heard it from uh, Kathy Griffin herself. He's a sponge. He wants to be in the gym. He wants to learn. And and I think this is going to be a good fit for him. And, and by all accounts, the Hawks are really happy with who they picked at number 16. All right, now the second round pick. Here's you with Tyrese Martin. So I'm just curious for you, what were the conversations? I mean, we've asked this a bunch already, but what were the conversations like with Landry and, and Travis coming into this organization? Uh, they were, you know, very welcoming, you know, um, very big on just being myself and don't shy away from who you are, that who you are is, you know, why you got here. So just come in here and be who you are. And, you know, I'm willing to take that and, yeah. And when you dis or when you think about who you are and them telling you to do that, like how would you describe yourself? You know, just coming in here with confidence and playing, bringing that toughness that they ask for, the versatility, the guard multiple positions, and you know, do the dirty work, mm-hmm. diving on the floor for loose balls, yeah. rebounding on both sides, you know, things like that. And when you think too about, I guess, your journey starting at URI and then transferring to uh, UConn, did you ever think that all of this would kind of come to a head and you'd be living out your your dreams? Um, for sure, um, it was definitely you know a dream of mine, and I felt like as I got to the next step, every time I feel like I was getting a little step closer and a little mm-hmm. step closer with the most more challenges I faced and overcame, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like that definitely helped and made me to help me get here today. And what would you say some of those challenges were that you feel like you really overcame them when you, you may not have thought that you would have? You know, just a simple even basketball experiences mm-hmm. of just hard practices and hard workouts, mm-hmm. playing for a coach like Coach Hurley who's going to challenge you and get on you every day, mm-hmm. whether he's cursing you out, things like that, and just not knowing it's not personal, he yeah. loves you and he just wants the best for you. That was definitely big for those two years. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even COVID hit and mm-hmm. going home and my mom losing her job and yeah. having a, you know, me going to get a job and make sure bills still getting paid, working mm-hmm. in a warehouse for that. So it was just different things like that that, you know, helped shape like who I am today to overcome a lot of adversity that I will face sure. going forward. Yeah. And what warehouse was it that you worked in? I actually worked in FedEx. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So were you driving the truck or just Eventually, handling? eventually I was, yeah. but I started off, you know, just packing the boxes, things like yeah. that. Then I was able to deliver the packages and things like that for, for a couple of months until I was able to stuff open up and I was able to go to Yukon. For sure. And what was that experience like of being in, in the warehouse? I mean, a lot of people would think it's a kind of, you know, monotonous or boring job. How were you able to, like, not let it be boring? Um, I was just, you know, looking at the bigger picture. I mean, whether it was boring or not boring, it was what had to get done. So we have a roof over our head, bills yeah. to pay, you know, things weren't easy back home. So just knowing that the reason I'm doing it for is bigger than me or just bigger than it being boring. So that definitely was the biggest thing. And does it feel like it all paid off now that you're standing here getting ready to put on a Hawks jersey, especially going into Vegas? Yeah, it definitely feels, you know, like it definitely paid off. But um, it's not the work's not done yet, you know, just getting here and getting started. But now that I'm in the league, I got to be able to make sure I stick in the league. So that's definitely the next thing. You know, I'm just going to make sure I embrace every day. Yeah. And you mentioned that you were already in here doing a workout. So where does that drive for you come from to just 
keep going, go in the gym when nobody else is going in the gym and really put the work in? Uh, I would say definitely my mother, you know, her work ethic, <laughs> you know, just watching her work six, seven days a week, 11, 12-hour shifts, you know. Mm-hmm. So definitely seeing that when I was young, she definitely molded that into us, me and my younger sisters. So mm-hmm. that definitely where it comes from, I feel like, the most. And as far as, like, Coach McMillan, has he had conversations about where he sees you kind of fitting in alongside Trey and Bo- uh, Bogey and, you know, all those other guys? Um, not directly, but, you know, he's just been big on, you know, just making sure I come here, be myself, and bring that toughness that they ask for. That's what he says, just be yourself. And mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going to do is be myself and just let it fall where it falls. And having that call with the mayor of Allentown, you mentioned that he declared, uh, what was it, June 24th as Tyrese Martin Day. What was that call like? Uh, It was great. You know, I woke up to it from a high school coach, and he told me that the mayor wanted to do something, proclamation Mm -hmm. for Tyrese Martin Day on June 24th. I mean, that was crazy. I mean, it just added more of the surreal dream feeling Mm -hmm. after being drafted that, like, kind of was like, okay, yes, but (laughs) I want this feeling to be gone already. Yeah. It was all right, but, I mean, it's crazy, you know. I feel like I'm definitely going to use that day to give back for kids, you know, being the first NBA player drafted in Allentown history. So Mm -hmm. I definitely want to make sure I open doors and give kids opportunities so I'm not the last one drafted. That's awesome. And, I mean, why would you want that feeling to go away, though? Um, I feel like I just wanted to settle in that, like, if reality doesn't feel like a dream anymore. That's kind of what it is. That's why, like, I just, you know, I just can't wait for it to be gone. For sure. And now, what are your plans for, I guess, kind of integrating yourself into the Atlanta community? Obviously, you have strong ties to Allentown, so that's in the north. Now you're in the south. It's kind of a different, I guess, outlook on life. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, you know, just connecting with the people, you know, just getting out in the community, you know, for, like, community service events mm-hmm. or just, just giving my service to the people that, you know, come out and support us, you know being able to give back and return the favor I feel like that's something I'm big on just giving back to those who you know care and give for you so that's something I'm big on that I look forward to was there somebody other than your mom who kind of instilled that kind of sense of giving back um I would say just the city of Valentine you know like I gave them hope you know they were big on me you know and supporting me and they seen you know just the work that I put in, you know, from high school, coming out to the games, selling out games, you know. Mm-hmm. So definitely they instilled that for me to, like, want to give back to them for their appreciation of everything they've done for me. All right, and finally, Tyrese's mom, Pamela Reinerson. So Tyrese mentioned that a couple of years ago, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic kind of rocked your guys' family. And just what was it like for you guys going through that? Well, um, I was a restaurant manager at the time. And our facility had closed for COVID. Mm -hmm. But since we weren't one of the booming part of the franchise, they had shut us down for good. So when Tyrese got sent home from school, Mm -hmm. um, he picked up a job, was helping me out because I couldn't find nothing. Like, it literally took me the better of 18 months to get a job. Mm -hmm. It was was just so crazy. Um, But he definitely stepped up to the plate and, Mm -hmm. you know, did what he had to do. So... And what was that conversation like to, I guess, even, you know, have your child kind of step in to help out the family? It wasn't even a conversation that we had. He just came home and he's like, my mom's not working. Things have to still get done. He's just always been that kid who's always took Mm -hmm. the step ahead and knew what had to be done and Mm -hmm. did it. And 
never ever was somebody who needed to be told what to do. That's awesome. And I mean, that's a testament to kind of like the things that you instilled in him. So how important was it for you to instill in him to be independent and a go-getter and just a Tyrese has been independent since birth. <laughs> literally um always been a self-sufficient kid always Mm -hmm. you know done things on his own i can honestly say like his career Mm -hmm. yeah i may have been the one who sacrificed and made sure that he was able to go and do things Mm -hmm. but tyrese got here on his own Mm -hmm. he was at the park every day he's in the gym every day he's he just has a very good work ethic yeah and i guess when did you kind of notice that that was just a part of who he was as early as probably high school yeah yeah he's just but i mean he always was every day in the park playing Mm -hmm. basketball you know he's always with the same handful of kids ever Mm -hmm. since kids yeah he he hasn't changed he's always stood true to who he was and i mean it's just it's it definitely is something that's gotten to where he needs to be and he talks about how much allentown has instilled so much in him so what is it like seeing him be so proud of what his town has given to him um, it does make me very proud yeah. and I'm going to say that he is an example of it takes a village to raise a kid mm-hmm. as a single mother of four kids mm-hmm. um, you know Tyrese was taken by the organizations to play ball he was mm-hmm. picked up he was brought home he, you know everybody helped out because everybody knew who I was in the yeah. community because I worked within the restaurant bar mm-hmm. business everybody knew who I yeah. was and they're like oh that's Tyrese's kid don't worry we got him you yeah. know but and it just it really helped him as well because he worked with some pretty influential people in the town and you know they they helped him get to where he needed to be and as far as just kind of the fact that he's reached his goal and he's like already ready like i'm ready for the glitz and stuff to wear off i just want to get to work how much does that speak to who he is that he doesn't need that yeah this is what he loves and that's all he cares about like if it if it didn't come with a price tag i think he'd still be doing it yeah you know but yeah, that's definitely who he is. For sure. Awesome. Thank you so no much, Pan. So yeah, I think there's something to be said about what Tyrese brings to this team. I mean, he averaged 13.6 points uh, per game at UConn in his senior season, averaged 7.5 rebounds per game at UConn. So sure, it's it's only a small sample size for this Hawks organization, but I think the fact that he took such a big step in his senior year is enough to give him, give the organization some confidence that those skills will transfer over to the NBA once they're ready to insert him into the regular rotation. Um, I think Summer League is going to be a big test for these guys to show that they're ready to compete and how much they're willing to fight to be a part of this roster. I mean, Coach McMillan said it himself that, you know, that's going to be a big test for them. And they're going to have some serious competition when it comes to training camp with Bogey and Kevin Herter, who both play along the wing. So, you know, it's, it's, we're still at a wait and see situation, but you can kind of see the rationale behind why they took these two guys and how much they could shape uh, this Hawks organization going forward, especially um, if A.J. Griffin can, you know, become a better defender on the ball. Um, he's already shown steps off the ball. And we've seen, um, based on some of the stats that Tyrese Martin put up last season, that he has a lot of potential to be a strong two-way player. All right, so that's where we will leave it. Uh, Lauren, get ready for uh, free agency frenzy coming up here in the next uh, 48 hours. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be quite the ride. I mean, we've we've already seen some pretty big moves happening across the NBA. So we'll see if the Hawks will be a part of that. 
All right, and uh, if you're enjoying this podcast, please rate, review, follow, share, and subscribe. Spread the word. That's how it helps us grow this show. If you don't like what you're hearing, let us know that, too, and we will talk to you the next time on the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.